What is up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast episode number 91. My name is Josh, and I'm joined by my good friend, Brett Roberts, who is dancing with the Finger Pistols, as What's always. Up? What's up? How are you? A little Monday night edition of Hapticast for you. Yeah, yeah, Monday Monday night. Um, I got to tell you, I know everyone else can't see this. This is a little inside baseball. Your green, or your, I'm just going to say, your green screen is, you're colorblind. Yeah. Your green screen is so unbelievably um, not green. Mm-hmm. It's yellow. Mm-hmm. It's really bad, <laughs> but it works. It's, it's all that matters. Out. Yeah, it's all that matters. Um, how are you doing? I'm alive. I'm alive too. Um, um this isn't. I, I didn't mean to segue into what I'm about to say with that comment, but okay. I I did want to take a minute. Uh, we did have a passing, a pretty significant passing in the in the Who? geek and nerd world. Oh, uh, gotcha. Jason David Frank, yeah, the yeah former. Yeah white and green power ranger from mighty Morphin power rangers has passed away um very sadly he unfortunately did yes yeah uh, apparently committed suicide which yes is even worse yes he was 40 something years old with four kids yes and a wife mm-hmm. and it's just awful so uh i just want to say uh for anyone out there that's struggling you know there's people out there that are you know looking forward to seeing you every day and, and looking forward to hearing your voice and um, there's people out there that, that love you and care about you. So talk to who you need to talk to. And, uh, you know, everyone's here for you. We're here for you. So rest in peace to, uh, Jason David Frank. Yeah. Quite sad. Yeah. Very sad. But, uh, not to be a downer. Let's, uh, you know, let's jump into it. So we have a big show planned for today. I don't even want to be here anymore, dude. After that. Sorry. I'm sorry. I killed the buzz. That's all right. There was no buzz anyway. I killed it, dude. I fucking killed it. Um, all right. We have a show for people today. We do. Um, as always, if you're just here for the main topic, which today is talking about Scarlet and Violet and how fucking Pokemon. abysmal they are, uh, you can always go into the description and find the timestamp and go there, or you can just watch the whole thing and not be a loser. So, uh, first of all, Couple of uh, video game releases, although most of the big ones for the year are done, except for you know, of course, the Callisto Protocol, which we're waiting on. Um, we have the Abysmal Chronicles split into two sections now. So bad stories and good stories. Bad stories talking about CM Punk and AEW, Fight Forever, all that stuff. A really bad story, which I already am telling you right now. I've already been heated about the story, and I'm going to continue to be heated when we speak about it and that's the i show speed crypto scandal crap but not yeah. even because of the crypto stuff there's something else in there that's just it really grinds my gears and i know he's a 17 year old kid but also he can go fuck himself so i don't know who's raising him but they're not doing a good job uh and then there's the slick stories which we're talking about uh just a cool little thing the nx boot animation uh quote unquote leaking or being found um yeah that's pretty then, cool then a new study that was released that says video games are good for kids we always talk about how they're bad for kids. Well, we're going to talk about how they're good for kids. We don't say that. No, I'm just saying in, in general. And then um, the Star Wars Jedi Survivor news that it might be heavily featured at the Game Awards. And then again, like I said, our main topic, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and uh, how Game Freak is abysmal and that game is bad. Those games are bad. They're good, but they're yes. bad. So. Yes. Without further ado, though, Brett, well, any other housekeeping yes. stuff or no? That's it. Right? Um... Are we ready to announce who we're going to have on the show yet? I don't know. Can we? 
I mean, I guess we could. Because you're going to talk about something. Oh, sorry, I got to plug in my mouse. It's dying. Um, you're about to talk about something that would probably benefit from just revealing who it is, right? You watched a film. Oh, yeah, a little short film. Yeah. By the, right, by the, by the human being that we're going to be interviewing. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just announce it. Okay, good. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I got to find music that would fit. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a bit. This is not a joke. We will be interviewing the writer, director, and actor known as Josh Rubin, ladies and gentlemen, director of Werewolves Within, writer and actor in Scare Me with Aya Cash um, of the boys' fame. So... Very big announcement. Really, really excited to work with him uh, on this interview, this video that we're going to do together. He's going to come on half the cast. We're just going to do our podcast. Right. So uh, thank you, Josh, for coming on. And not you, Josh. I mean the other Josh. Right. I'm always here. So That's going to be weird when he's on kind of. Yeah. And you'll be like, so Josh, you'll be like, yeah, well, you know. Yeah, it's going to be awkward. Yeah, that's all right. I'm just going to tell him your name is like something else. No, we're not going to be doing that. I'm going to be like, all right, I'm Brett Roberts. That's Steve. And absolutely um, not. Then you're Josh Rubin. Absolutely not. We will not okay. be doing that. Okay. Well, but yeah, well, that's a great segue into um, our media consumption update. Yeah. But, so you watched a film that Josh Rubin made, or is he in it? He wrote. He wrote, directed it, and starred in it. A little short film. Wow. Um, and the reason that I watched this is, you know, we're we're, we're you know we're doing some research. We're watching some stuff. I was like, is there any of these little things I could just knock out? I went to his website and I said, oh. What's this? And I watched it. It's like 10 minutes long. It's called a it's called Freddy Daryl. And basically, it's like a little short film. Um, what's up, frankly, the chat. Uh, it's a little short film about this uh, guy in the wilderness that has a job about like upkeeping kind of like a park job. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like a little mockumentary style type thing about him. But there's a really strange little uh, twist at the end and it's quite it's quite good it's really good and i think it is a showcase for him as an actor um specifically and uh yeah it was it was so, really good i liked it so he acts in it did he write it as well yeah he wrote it and he directed it yep oh, okay cool yep he just got a couple of friends together which are friends that he works with on like actual movies too not that that's not an actual movie but you know what i mean larger budget production short yeah um and uh yeah they just filmed it and it's pretty good so that's cool watch was that, that your first was that your first Josh Rubin project that you watched? Oh, no. No. Okay. Um, no. Werewolves Within, and I've seen something oh, else. Oh, right. Right, right, I've right. I've seen something else. I haven't seen Scare Me, which I know is his claim to fame. Uh, I mean, in terms of acting, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. fucking awesome in that. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. Um, but I will soon. And um, fun fact about that, too. You and I have Letterboxd accounts, right? We're, we're yeah. active on Letterboxd. Yeah. I went on Letterboxd thinking that this would be on there. To my surprise, it was not. So I was like, huh, okay. Because he has other things that are akin to that that are on there. I was like, why is this not on there? Right. I found out it's very easy to actually get something listed on Letterboxd. Did you list it? I, so I did. Wow. Yeah. So well, you're going to have to tell him that when we interview him on December 9th. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let him know. He'll was that like, too on the nose? <laughs> he'll be like, cool, thanks, dude. Well, um, he has a Letterboxd account. He does. And he's active on there. So. He is. But yeah, I mean, all you have to do is make a movie, the movie database account 
you have to make an account there and then add the metadata for it basically and then like 30 hours later it populates in letterbox wow yeah. i never would have thought it was that easy to add something to it letterbox. is it is now you have to it has like a couple of checks in place so you have to have a certain percentage as far as like accuracy goes or whatever it must pull data from somewhere else too because like for example like when you type in josh rubin it doesn't just go in as text like it, there's like a database of stuff that it pulls from okay that adds it to there so you know right well that's cool i'm glad you finally um watched one of his shorts one of his smaller projects yeah i have to i have to do a shout out real quick so again we are going to be interviewing josh rubin the writer the director the actor uh on our on our podcast here on have to cast on have to Intel. and the main thing we're going to be talking about are his two new projects that he's working on. And I believe he's an actor in both of them. Mm -hmm. So the first one is blood relatives, which actually comes out tomorrow, November 22nd. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm really excited to check that one out. And then his, that that's I, to me, that seems more like a comedy horror, mm -hmm. but then he's going to be starring in a movie called a wounded fawn, which is like uh, the shining in the middle of the woods in a cabin. He said, it's like the evil dead meets shining dude. Oh, that's kind um, of cool. That comes out December 1st. So I'm really looking forward to that one as well. Yeah, so we hope. Well, we should technically have time then to check out both of those before we actually talk with them. Yeah, and I believe they're on Shutter too, which oh, I perfect. mean, Shutter is just knocking it out of the park lately. So. They are. Um. So anyway, yeah. Uh, continue. So I mean, Freddie Darrow, like I said, it was pretty good. Uh, shout out to Josh Rubin. Um. Yep. TV and anime. Eighteen ninety nine. The new show on Netflix from the creators of Dark. Same writing and directing team. Yeah. Um. I finished it last night. The first nice. season. Nice. It's awesome. So what would you say in terms of like how it is in comparison to dark? It's hard. This is way different than dark. Um, yeah. And a lot less focused on dark is nice because it's very contained and there's not a ton of characters and you follow right. those characters throughout different periods. Right. 1899 where if you had dark, like I would say that it's if you're looking at a pyramid, right, which is a symbol in the show 1899, and you flip it upside down, dark starts from the very bottom where there's not a lot and then goes up, right, and expands out. 1899, I feel like it's starting at the bottom of the pyramid and we're going the other way, if that makes any sense at all. It's starting broad and by the end of the first season, we had a conversation about this. I think it was with you. It might have been with our friend Stephen. But the, the, the writers of... 1899 and dark are puzzle box. Even watches this now too. No, 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 no. I just think oh. I was talking with them about it. Um, they're puzzle box. They write like puzzle boxes, right? They're puzzle box experts. I, right. you know, I think it was you. It was and me. They, and they present something to you. Then they open up the box and they show you what's inside. And then you're like, damn, that's crazy. And then when the thing comes out of the box, you're like, man, that's not what I thought that was at all. But it doesn't feel disingenuous. Right. Like in the first episode when a little, <clears throat> literally a human being comes out of a box. Yeah. And that the whole first season of 1899 <clears throat> is like that. And then at the very end, the last episode is wild. You're, it's going to blow your head off. I'm telling you that right now. And they do such a good job of, because you can look back and be like, okay, that makes a lot of sense with everything that we right. presented. I don't know how much of a fan you are of uh, poetry or Plato. Or if you studied him at school at all, like Plato's closet theory. There's another thing called Plato's cave. So they reference that several times. Let me ask you, it's not going to be like um, Lost where it's like in the end they were all dead. No. Okay. No. 
it does. Well, also, Lost, remember, was like 82 seasons. Um, they do uh, go into a trope, much like Dark was the time travel stuff, where if you don't do, but if you don't do time travel right, it can be bad. This show takes another trope, and if you don't do it, if you don't do it right, it can be bad. And I'm here to tell you, it's not bad. It's really good. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, then the last thing, uh, obviously, games. I platinumed God of War Ragnarok. It's done. That means you 100%ed the whole game. I saw everything there was to see. And let me tell you, I loved everything I saw. Doesn't mean it's flawless. But to me, the narrative and everything I love about it overshadows literally everything else. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. It's five stars on GG. It's better than the first game. Somehow they exceeded the first... Now, listen, this game wouldn't be here without the first game, but I'm saying, narratively speaking, they somehow exceeded it. Whereas we talked about God of War 2018 and be like, that is the pinnacle of narrative games. It just is. This somehow exceeded it. Even combat-wise, I think it's more fun in this game. They also expand on it in this game a lot. Um, I don't I don't know what to tell you, but the people that I've heard I've heard from a lot of people, I mean it's pretty much universal praise, but that it's boring. If you think this game is boring, I don't then maybe you should just stop playing it. Like maybe you should just go away. Because I don't understand that at all. The narrative is second to none. And it to me it's a home run. So Yeah. Um if you don't mind, I'm gonna yeah, pick please. up now where you left off. I also am playing God of War Ragnarok. I beat it last night, so yeah. I didn't 100% it like you, but I did just finish the campaign last mm-hmm. night. My right. dogs are barking. If you hear them, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I had a blast with God of War Ragnarok. I do want to do a full-on spoiler cast with you. We won't do that here in case people do want to you know, play the game themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, five out of five from me as well. Uh, again, it wouldn't be here without the first game, but it does elevate. It doesn't, you know, it's just better and better and better as it goes on. I don't think it was boring. Uh, if you think it's boring, you're bad. And if you think it's boring, you probably thought the parts that I cried at were boring. And that means you are very bad. So I was a blubbering fucking mess. Me too, dude. The, this ga- game. the game maybe not only tear up, but sob several times. And yeah. the very, very, this game does something like the first game, right? Where you see the credits and you think the game is over. There's a, something else to do to really see the end. Not only did I well up and tear up at the, the end, the very end, with Bear McCreary's score coming in, all the characters, and then when you cut to black and you go to the credits, and then you hear the end credit song, I was done. I just sat I, there and listened to the whole thing, and I was just I was just taking it in. I told you after I completed it, like, Bear McCreary's score elevated that game, elevated the first game, too. Mm-hmm. But it absolutely elevated that game to the highest, the pinnacle, the tallest point in Jotunheim, if you will. Yeah. Uh, absolutely destroyed it, dude. He is a god and just so emotional. Certain scenes wouldn't have been as emotional without his score yeah. behind it. And yeah, dude. And, and here's the thing. God of War Ragnarok does not go the way I thought it was going to. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Completely subverted my my expectations. And honestly, hot take. I thought I knew what I wanted this game to be. Me too. And I thought I knew how it was going to go, and I was happy with that. And I was actually waiting the whole game for it to go the way I thought it was, and it doesn't. 
And at first I was like, I was actually kind of like upset a little bit. Like I was like, that's it. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's it. That really? Like there's nothing else. It's it's gotta be, it's a, it's a twist. It's a fake. Like this isn't the real ending. Like something else is going to happen. A big climax. Like I was actually kind of like disappointed at first, but dude, by the end of it, by the end of the end. And I texted you as soon as I saw it, what made me change my mind. Mm. I was like, I'm so fucking happy right now. Yeah. Uh, so you have to play it yourself. Is it my game of the year? Yes. Yeah, Sorry, I just is. answered that question as myself. <laughs> it we is. Talk, we talked about it last week. And listen, man, Elden Ring, I fucking love that game. Platinumed it too. Saw all there was pretty much to see in that game too. I love yeah. that game. I fucking love that game. But to me, you cannot beat the characters and the narrative. And Elden Ring doesn't have that. The writing. I mean, and Elden Ring has some great writing, but it's different. Oh, it does. It's, it's different. And to me, I don't know, man. I don't know what else to tell you other than it's God of War is not only the game of the year. I mean, it's the best game I've played since God of War 2018. Elden Ring didn't make me cry. That's for sure. Elden, Elden Ring slick. Well, don't get me wrong. It I did make that. me cry because it beat my ass. But yeah, I love that game. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love that game. But you just I, you can't beat God of War for me. So one That's thing it. you said to me last night when we talked about God of War Ragnarok, you said, could you imagine if well, let me preface. So originally God of War Ragnarok, a lot of the content that was written for Ragnarok was actually written for the original God of War. Right. Uh, or the last God of War. And they realized they had like one and a half games written. And they said, this is like, we could we could cut so much of this and save that for Ragnarok. And they right. did. So I asked you, like, how much do you think they saved for Ragnarok? We were like going back and forth. And you said, could you imagine if the last God of War and Ragnarok were one game? Yeah. And I said, well, the thing is, Josh, it would be the best game ever made. But the thing is, both of these games are also that on their own. Correct. They don't need to be together to be the best game ever made. Correct. They are they on their own. They are, and that's a testament to just how yeah. great they are. So. And um, and I know we'll probably touch on this is not a spoiler, but in relation to PlayStation first party stuff, you know, uh, last year, two years ago, <laughs> Last of Us Part Two was our game of the year. I don't yeah. think it was last year. I think it was the year before. Yeah, it was two years la ago. last year. Was uh, it takes two two years ago? Yeah. That game is also incredible, and that story, we've talked about that ad nauseum on the channel. You can check that out if you haven't heard our thoughts on it. But there's something about the actual relationship of the characters in God of War, in these God of War games, yeah. that trump anything in The Last of Us. And that's not to say I don't not like The Last of Us, and I don't know what it even is I'm referring to, but if I put Last of Us Part 1 and Part 2 next to God of War 2018 and Ragnarok, I'm taking God of War. And I don't know what that answer is. Maybe it's because God of War even is a little bit more lighthearted, but not really than the last. There's, there's, there's something there that I don't weird. quite know how to put my finger on because both series, you know, both of the, those main two games are awesome. And I don't know what that difference is. Maybe. So I was going to say, maybe it's like, uh, Maybe it's a thing because we're men and like God of War is like about a man and his son and like it's that fatherly thing and you know, all of that, all of the hardship that goes with that. But at the same time, so is The Last of Us. It's about right. Ellie and, and Joel as right. you know, a father and a daughter. So right. I don't know. I, I was gonna say it's because we're men, but I that, that might not be true. I really don't know what it is. That's just that's my just a thought. Anyway, continue. Yeah. 
No, that's it about God of War. Uh, that game slaps, and yep. I had a great time with it. I can't wait to, to jump back in when we're done and, and complete some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Overwatch 2, not really worth you know talking about right now, but I am playing a little bit of it. They sure. did bring back May. She's finally in the game. Welcome back. Um, I beat the season pass a million years ago, so there's not much to do. Same. Rayman Legends, dude. So close. I have 500 more. Uh, Awesomeness points. Awesomeness points. Let me put it in perspective for you and for everyone at home. So if I do the best possible I can do. Yeah. The best. Yeah. The top 1% of people that do the daily challenges. Yeah. You can get a platinum. A platinum trophy or a diamond. One of the, I don't know. I've never gotten one. They're so rare because hackers win them. Mm-hmm. So that would give me 50 points. Then there's the gold, which gives you 10 points. A silver is five. And a bronze is one. Oh, God. Every day you get two chances, you get two trophies that you can win. So if I win a silver and a silver, that's 10 points a day. And silver is like, I can get a silver. I'm so good at this game now, I can get a silver no matter what. Sometimes I can get a gold. Okay. But I, I'm just going to say this. I can get two silvers a day guaranteed. And then there's also two weeklies. Okay. Um. So think about that. I need 500 points. Yeah. I get... 10 a day that's plus the weeklies that's a lot yeah. of days a lot of days so that's what i have to do there you're committed i respect it i'm getting the platinum trophy it's going to be the best platinum trophy i ever got in my life um what's the um actually i'll, I'll just look it up. i was going to ask what's the percentage of people that have platinum that game i'll just look it up the thing is it's like it's not a hard one it's just a time consuming well one, that's what i'm know? saying i mean that's why i would expect it to be rare so right um what is it called it's rayman legends right yeah continue i'll let you know when i find it uh yeah so rayman legends and then i'm also playing persona 5 on my steam deck and i'm here to tell you that i'm sucking off persona 5 royale so wow what do you got it's actually oh my god it's very rare brett it's 0.3 percent oh my god now I don't want to piss in your I don't want to piss in your Cheerios, but I don't think I thought you had a, a rarer platinum than that. I'm not. Never mind. Continue. Anyway, I might have a more obscure one. You could be right. Yeah, but it's not because there's many <clears throat> factors to it. Anyway, that's a very rare platinum trophy. Point three percent of players have gotten it, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. So, Godspeed. Uh. Okay, last thing I want to say. TV and anime, I'm watching 1899, and I've only watched one episode, and okay. I'm ready to jump in. I'm off from work Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week, so I'm going to watch some of that. Okay. And I'm watching Chainsaw Man, which I forgot to mention here, and I have to watch the newest episode. I'm going to start that tonight. Let's fucking go, dude. I have time now. God of War's out of the way. 1899's out of the way. Chainsaw Man's next. Welcome to the Come Zone. That's me right now because I'm so excited that you're going to start watching that. I unfortunately saw the spoiler on Twitter. What? What? I think it's a spoiler. It was a screenshot of somebody dying. And I'm not sure if the character was important or not. So I went and muted everything for Chainsaw Man. And we'll see. Well, I'll tell you right now. Characters die and then they come back. Oh, okay. So you're probably fine. We'll see. I had no context for it. So it I'm not really that salty about it. But... Well, okay. That's all I got for you. So if you don't mind, could you please roll the intro and let's get this show on the motherfucking road.
All right, so listen, we're going to do things a little bit differently than we've done in the past. As Josh said at the top of the show, we now have two sections here before we get into our main topic, and that would be the Abysmal Chronicles and the Slick Stories. Okay? The Abysmal Chronicles are going to be stories that are just way too abysmal to be main topics. And then the Slick Stories are going to be stories that are just way too slick to be the main story. That doesn't really make sense, but that's what we're doing. We'll run with it. We are going to run with it. So, uh, let's hop into some video game releases, first of all. Ladies and gentlemen, Evil West is coming out for PC, PS5, Xbox Series, SNX, PS4, and Xbox One on November 22nd. Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach comes out for Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One on November 22nd. And Gungrave Gore comes out for PC, PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One on November 22nd. Is that really all we got? Yeah. Pretty light week. Yeah. Up until, I mean, it's actually pretty light up until Callisto Protocol, and then the rest of the year is not not a ton. Right. Okay. Well, let's hop into the Abysmal Chronicles. Josh, do you want to take the Slick Stories or the Abysmal Chronicles? Uh, I'll take the Abysmal Chronicles. I know this first one, you have more to say than I do. Well, actually, nah, you know what? I'll take the Slick Stories. You go ahead. Okay. First story, CM Punk has been removed from AEW's Fight Forever game cover. This is coming from VGC. So thank you, VGC, for this story. CM Punk has seemingly been removed from the cover of the upcoming AEW video game following reports that the wrestling firm is looking to part ways with the performer. With the new trailer for the game being released, it ended with a new artwork no longer featuring CM Punk, but instead featuring Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and Chris Jericho, among several other AEW stars. Josh, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm not surprised, and I'm actually, I'm just thinking about now, um, I wanted to see if they updated, they did, AEW Games updated their Twitter too, and removed him from all that stuff, so, I mean, not to be, or not unexpected, given what happened, I feel like a couple months ago at this point, right, with all that backstage stuff, which turned into real drama, and then Kenny and everybody, including CM Punk, got banned, um or suspended and then they're all back i think last last week was their first time they were back actually right since everything yeah on saturday uh the elite came back so uh kenny omega and the young bucks all came back right but it's not looking like cm punk's gonna return so it makes sense i'll be interested to see if they removed him from the game and uh, well yeah interesting thing is that even after cody rhodes left AEW, they kept him in the game okay uh, so and he uh, he actually was like a pretty big part of the, the game story mode, if I remember correctly. So, um, mm-hmm. well, yeah. I mean, CM Punk still has time left on his contract, so I'm sure they probably could if he's part of that. But... Right, and part of that is he's injured and suspended. So, right. when you're injured, your your contract kind of pauses, and that length of time that your contract had, at least my understanding, that length of time you have left on your contract just you know keeps getting added on until you're back. Right. right. Plus, he's suspended. Right. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at the cover now, the new artwork. So you have Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega, and Britt Baker, three like AEW originals that you right. know, aren't from WWE. You have Jade Cargill, who is an AEW original. You have Orange Cassidy, who is an AEW original. And you have MJF, who is an AEW original. Mm-hmm. And then to kind of pad it out with some familiar faces that fans, the casual fans might know, we have Chris Jericho, we have Sting, we have John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose, and we have Brian Danielson. So 
I think that's actually a much better cover than the previous one, but Punk is definitely a big draw, and I, I you know, I'm surprised that they made the decision to cut him. So. Yeah, well, the game will probably do better in Japan now, so. <laughs> probably. All right, uh, so this next story I know very little about. Josh, you added it to our docket here, and... I did. You go ahead and read this, and then the last point on here is what I really want to talk about, so go ahead. All I... So I just want to say I know about what happened here, and they had, like, um, a famous football player involved somehow too or a fake version of it yeah i didn't put that in here they had a fake cristiano ronaldo on stream yeah wearing the t-shirt or something yeah dude it's so fucking just go ahead dude so i show speed is involved in some crypto bs this is coming from game rant uh so youtuber i show speed has now apologized to his fans for promoting a cryptocurrency scam This comes after the young content creator was struck with heavy backlash from his audience after advocating on behalf of a cryptocurrency called Paradox Coin, which is the latest crypto scam, a quick pump and dump scheme by a billionaire baby. Wow. What a sentence. Some of this is me is me writing. Okay. Uh, I show speed is the online username of 17 year old Darren Watkins Jr., mainly known as a gaming and sports streamer on YouTube and Twitch although Watkins' account on the latter platform has been banned since the end of last year. Twitch permanently banned iShowSpeed in December of 2021 after the teenager unleashed a threatening misogynistic tirade on another user's stream. I had no idea he was only 17 years old. Yep. Uh, Watkins sparked yet another controversy during a November 16th stream in which he gave a promotion for the Paradox Metaverse, an online game designed to push Paradox Coin. Watkins made matters worse by asking moderators to ban people from the stream's chat who drew attention to the shady nature of Paradox Coin, taking personal offense at the accusations. Okay, now this on last... That... Hang on a second. Okay. Because this last point is the crux. Okay. All of this is abysmal. I also think, to be honest with you, this is a reason why... <laughs> and I hate to sound like a boomer with it, but like... People should have to be 18 years old before they're allowed to make money on a stream like this like you just should because this shit is fucking bad there's not much anybody can do about it and all the people that were scammed because he's a minor and i don't know who his parents are or who he lives with a single mom or who's who's, sick or something or who's well that's a shame who's running everything but this is unacceptable and it's partially his fault, but it's also partially that he's given a platform to do shit like this because he probably got an email, but like, yo, dude, we'll give you all this money for, you know, was that like followers. 2 million? Yeah. It's a lot of money for, you know, this stupid thing. And he is just seeing, Ooh, dollar signs. Cool. Yoink. I'll take it without doing any research probably. And then people right. are calling out on it and he's calling them corny in the street. All right. This so- next part's even worse. On that very same stream, Watkins advertised a PS5 giveaway and had several of them in frame on his stream. Then he instead decided to scream loudly and smash the PS5s. I was going to play sound effects, but I don't even know what sound effects would fit. So he advertised this to his audience, showed it to them, and then just did what he did anyway, normally does, which is just scream loudly like some sort of moron. And then bash the PS5s into oblivion. Pussy! Right. I I hate... One of the biggest pet peeves of mine is people doing whatever you want to call this. Just like the gross display of wealth type thing. Yep. 
I don't like it, and I think it is the worst quality a human being can have if they have money. Right, because then they're using their wealth to generate more wealth by showing off their wealth. I, I hate it, and people buy into it, and I think it's cancerous. And the fact that he... There's probably a lot of people in his stream that were fans of him that were like, man, I either can't get a PS5 or I can't afford a PS5. Let me hop in here, do this giveaway, and then he just smashes them in front of you. Really yeah, immature nice. and really disgusting, and I hate it. So, yeah, really bad. All right, let's hop into some slick stories to uh, you know get us get us a little excited, a little energetic. Some good stories, some good things that have happened. No. Okay. Nintendo NX boot, boot the Nintendo NX boot animation has been found. Now, Brett, if you remember, the NX was the original code name for the Nintendo Switch and was first publicly mentioned in March 2015. Yes. The console retained this code name for more than a year and a half. Nintendo wouldn't actually officially announce the, the, its name as Switch until October 20th of 2016. Although the console was known as the NX for 19 months, Nintendo had never shown an NX logo, meaning it had never seen was never seen externally until now. Game preservationist and translator Paul Kelly discovered the animation in a prototype build of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Wow. The prototype has a build date of October 18th. 2016 which is just two days before the switch was officially announced with its new name wow man so this is just a little tidbit it's playing behind us for people that are watching the video version um i mean there's not much to it i just th th think it's interesting that this was mined and found and yeah i mean we heard it called the nx for years and we heard rumors of it and you know imagine if we saw that right Back when it was still just a rumor, like that would have been fucking wild. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. Thought it was interesting. Want to throw it in here? It's cool. Um, yeah. It's, it also puts in perspective how long the Switch has been out and why Nintendo needs a new one. So. Yeah, it also puts puts in perspective how long fucking Mario Kart Eight Deluxe was fucking being worked uh, on. Yeah, they're releasing a new map pack with Rainbow Road yet again. So. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. This next one, Brett. Video games are actually good for kids. A recent study published by the University of Vermont's Department of Psychiatry found that playing video games could be beneficial for kids' brains, particularly in the areas of impulse control and memory. In the study, which analyzed data for more than 2,000 children ages 9 and 10, researchers compared kids who played three or more hours per day of video games against kids who did not play any at all. The gamers performed better on tests that measured impulse control and the ability to memorize information. MRI brain imaging confirmed the results. The gamers showed, quote, higher brain activity in regions of the brain associated with attention and memory. Uh, as compared to the non-gamers, the same was true for regions of the brain associated with more cognitively demanding tasks, end quote. What are your That's thoughts? Awesome. What are your thoughts there before I continue? I think it makes sense. Uh, I always felt like when I was a kid playing Guitar Hero, it increased my um, hand-eye coordination, made me better with sure. You know, some of my motor skills so sure so i agree the researchers were optimistic about their findings though they recognized the study's results were limited the scientists couldn't establish cause and effect meaning it was unclear whether the video games themselves caused the cognitive benefits or if kids with higher brain function in these areas in these areas are simply simply gravitated towards video game play interesting yeah either way the results are encouraging said bader Tarani, who is a PhD and assistant professor of psychiatry at the University of Vermont and the lead author on the study. I thought that was important to include too, which I think even yeah. the reverse of that is interesting. 
Yeah, I think you know? so too. That's also, yeah, that, that also is an interesting story on its own. Um, so the study out of Vermont is, of course, not the only one to find that video games might not be as bad as some perceive them to be. As it turns out, video game playing has a handful of other positive benefits worth paying attention to. I just put a couple bullet points in here. There was a 2013 study by the American Psychological Association um, on problem-solving skills and positive social behavior related to video game playing. And then a 2014 study by the American Journal of Play on spatial navigation and executive functioning being higher in people that play video games. So we normally bring this up on, you know, and anytime there's a mass shooting in the United States, it's pretty much the only country with mass shootings daily. Um, you know, people. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you just how sad it is. Um, people always use video games as a scapegoat. I thought this was a nice uh, converse, you know, story to that. Definitely. Yeah, I think uh, that's really cool. Also, this came um, from Yahoo by the way, which I know that's a name you have probably haven't heard or heard in a long time, but Yahoo still exists. Um, and I found it. It's and interesting you say that because I am part of like a, for my job, what I do for my profession outside of this, I am a part of like a Slack channel for other people that are in the same field. Yeah. And someone was on there today. Maybe it was an older post, but I saw it today and they were like, hi, I'm a new employee at Yahoo and I'm trying to re like rebuild, uh, our new division for what I do. Mm -hmm. And they were like looking for people to come join. And I was like, damn, yeah, who fucking still exists. And they're looking to like rebuild their teams. I guess they're, yeah, they're actually kind of quietly a really good source of information. Yeah. Because it's all, I don't, I don't want to compare it to Wikipedia, but all of their stuff, if you go there, cause I was exploring it today is seems very highly curated. Like there's not a lot of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like stuff blown out of proportion, right? Like, you know, existential, like it's very highly curated and actually kind of tame compared to what you're used to. Right. I thought it was interesting. Um, and yeah, that's where I found the story. So shout out to Yahoo. Shout All out right. to Yahoo. And um, also the person that wrote the article um, I've heard of before, uh, Elaine Roth. Um, she writes for Yahoo, but I think she runs her own separate blog. I've, I've seen that name before. Anyway, so I thought it was cool. Very cool. All right. Last slick story, Brett. We're both Star Wars fans. Yeah. Right? So Star Wars Jedi Survivor is apparently going to be featured heavily at the Game Awards. Or going to be fe featured at the Game Awards. Might be the only reason to watch. Yeah, there's pros and cons. But, um, I mean, I want to watch it, and I don't want to watch it. But this is one of the reasons why I want to watch it. Yep. So sources have said that Star Wars Jedi Survivor will be... <clears throat> Excuse me. I just burped. Let me start that again. Sources have said that Star Wars Jedi Survivor will be featured at this year's Game Awards, which will be taking place on December 8th. Oh my god. December 8th. Hang on a second. The day before our interview with Josh Rubin. It is. It's also... Oh my god. Alright, we'll talk about that later. Um, I might not be able to do it live. Uh, Insider Gaming has learned that the announcement will include a new trailer, release date, and pre-order date. It's believed that the announcement will be made around 30 minutes into the show. According to industry insider Jeff Grubb, Jedi Survivor will be released on March in March 2023, which matches EA's own release calendar of a quote-unquote major IP release in Q4, which ends on March 31st, 2023. Hello there. The official Star Wars website describes the game. Star Wars Jedi Survivor picks up five years after the events of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Cal must stay one step ahead of the Empire's constant pursuit as he continues to feel the weight of being one of the last remaining Jedi in the galaxy. Thoughts? Anything to say? 
I'm excited. I hope this is true. I hope we do get a release date. I hope we do get a pre-order opportunity. Like it's available right now, pre-order with a cool bonus. Uh, maybe there's a collector's edition that comes with a lightsaber or a collector's edition that comes with, uh, what's the robot's name? B BD fucking 70 million. Yeah, BD1. BD1. I don't know. I think this is where you do it. So you bring them out on stage, the actor, and you bring out BD1, and that's what you do. Okay. You already have Malcastus' lightsaber, though. I do. Yeah. Well, maybe not a new one. Maybe it's the enemy's lightsaber. You never know. Okay. Um, I got Thor's hammer. You do? But uh, but yeah, I can see them doing that. I mean, that's Jeff Keighley likes the big Hollywood thing. Bring out the Hollywood actor. Let him come out and talk about the game. You know how it is. All right. So. All right. Well, I think that's it uh, for all of our stories. We have one more main topic. We're going to be talking about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. But before we do. Josh, I just need to remind you that uh, Haptic Intel, our podcast Hapticast is sponsored. It is. Sponsored by Dubby. My Dubby bottle is so far away. I don't have mine either. So it's all the way it. over there. Well, I dr- no, I drank it. I'm saying I drank it, and now it's over there. All right. Well, I need and music. I, and I'm not um, moving. So. so if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, Dubby was formulated to give you focus and energy with no jitters or crashes. Their formula contains vitamins, amino acids, and nootropics, including the patented... Neurofactor. So listen, there's no calories, there's no sugar, there's no artificial colors, there's no fillers. It's none of the bad stuff, but all of the good stuff. Your current energy drink may cost anywhere between two to three dollars per can. I'm here to tell you right now, W costs one dollar per drink. You could save even more if you just use code SLICK at checkout. That's right, if you find it hard to work or study, use code SLICK to save on W. W.gg, save 10%. That's all I got for you. I knew that the sound was going to end, so I had to kind of cut it short. What an, what an ad read. Uh, thank you. What an ad read. All right, listen. The current oh. state of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So before we read this article from the Washington Post, you and I are going to talk a little bit. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, everything leading up to the release of the game looked great. It did. Can All these I, new Pokemon. Let me also preface this before everything, just because I know if we mention it later, I could just I see the comments now. Okay. We haven't played the game, the games, no. and we haven't played the games, and we're, at least I'm not going to for a while because of what we're about to talk about. So if you're here to defend Game Freak and Pokemon, leave, go climb in a fucking dumpster, and perish. Okay? That's it. I'm actually picking the game up after we're done the stream. Oh, yeah, I'm me gonna... too. I'm picking it up too. No, I'm serious. Oh, I'm not buying it. I am. Because I'm hearing... Because listen... It's literally called, we literally have this video title. I know. Why you should absolutely not buy. But here's the thing. I'm hearing that underneath it all, it's a good game. Right. And so also, you should, most so you of should the, just wait. I know, but most of the problems are on the regular Switch, not the OLED, which apparently it's, it's a little bit better. Like an older Switch runs it a little you know, worse. Mine's brand new. I just got it a year ago. Not even. Um, so, okay. But You're that's rewarding bad behavior. Don't buy it. Okay. Here's the deal. Okay. Everything looked it and great. played on your switch or your, your Steam, Steam deck. deck. Everything looked great leading up to the release of Scarlet and Violet. All the right. new Pokemon looked cool. The new region looked cool. Agree. Uh, the world looked cool. It's open world. You can play with your friends now. Oh, yeah, then the game, it got reviewed. And all of the reviews came back and said, this game runs like absolute dog shit. Mm-hmm. 
I'm here to tell you, Josh, the game's out. People have been playing it. It is a mess. It's unacceptable. It is unacceptable. Let's hop Glitch, into the article. Glitches, bugs, and performance issues. Oh, my. It's bad. So this is an article from the Washington Post. It's after Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, we can't give Game Freak a pass. And I agree with that that title. I'm going to buy their game, but um, I'm not going to let let's them. Get, let's get an F in that chat. Dude. I'm not going to let this pass. I'm not going to give them a pass. So the article states, these aren't the first Pokemon games with technical issues, but the historically bad graphics may have finally crossed a line. Understandably, the thing fans and critics alike are buzzing about today is how awful the games look and perform, especially on older Nintendo Switches. Elise Stanley of the Washington Post noted that while the gameplay loop in Scarlet and Violet is addictive and fun, it's undeniable that the bevy of graphics and performance issues constantly took them out of the world. Assets clip into each other, models pop in and out seemingly at random, and huge frame rate issues are present even during the most simplest of animations. The game can be very clunky in a way that's almost painful because I want to ignore it since the rest of the game is so good, Elise wrote. Well, I can excuse bad graphics once, but how many times can you excuse it in a series before you have to stop giving the developer passes? John Elker has responded. The reality of it is, ladies and gentlemen, is that this isn't the first time Game Freaks had performance and graphics issues. After more than a decade and five generations of Pokemon games, Game Freak finally switched its graphical style from a top-down 2D viewpoint to a more modern 3D look. That transition hasn't been without growing pains. Now, we're going to take a take a second, put the article to the side. Let's talk about some of the glitches that we've seen, some of the bugs that we've seen. So I listed okay. some of them here. So some of the glitches we've seen include models being fused together. Mm-hmm. So someone threw a Pokemon out, and it its texture was stuck to the side of a Tauros. It's all that, yep. What the fuck is that? How does that happen? NPC simply walking into your battle. So it's open world now. You can battle anywhere. It takes place right there on the field. So you'll literally be having a Pokemon battle and an NPC will just walk right into the fucking frame, dude. Why? Yeah. Character models turning gigantic. This one's actually funny. Yeah. The character literally was like going on his bike and off his bike Mm -hmm. and turned into a giant. Right. There are movement glitches. This one's new. This just came out today. Connecting a second controller to your Nintendo Switch and moving with both analog sticks makes the player's movement speed increase exponentially. How does that happen? I have answers to all these questions. I'm going to let you finish. Jumping backwards on your mount allows you to climb mountains. Scaling areas you're not supposed to go up. Mm -hmm. And finally, throwing your Pokemon out to start a battle with a wild Pokemon, if you throw it in out-of-bounds areas and it hits a Pokemon and initiates a battle, it will teleport you to that Pokemon, basically letting you skip sections of the game entirely, reaching later locations right in the beginning of the game. Josh, what does all of this mean? I'm of a few minds of it. First of all, Game Freak clearly did not have the time they needed to to make this game. No. It's evident. Yep. It's been rushed out. When was the last time they released a game? Eight months ago? RCS, yeah. Hmm. So... They have different teams. Still. 
It's they have different teams. That's not a big studio. There's not a lot of people working there. That's unacceptable. Second of all, the fact one of the craziest things about this, right? <laughs> when I think Nintendo, especially Nintendo games, and I know this isn't necessarily developed by Nintendo, but it's their flagship. It's a flagship game. It's a flagship franchise. <laughs> it is the highest grossing entertainment enterprise in the history of humanity. That's right. More than anything else. Yeah. When I think of Nintendo normally, I think quality. I think polish. I think consistency. If I was Nintendo and I saw this, that studio is getting closed and all those people are being executed because it's unacceptable. Why did the music have to stop? That would have been perfect. That's it. It's, it's, I cannot think. Yeah. The game is also breaking sales records though. And that's here. That's That's the the hard part. That's, that's that's the crux of it, right? Yeah. Is that this game is going to come out. People are going to buy it because it's Pokemon. People will continue to buy it. Despite of all these issues, game freak and Nintendo will look at it and be like, eh, whatever. Why are we okay with this? Why do we continue to allow this to happen? Companies release games. They're fucking broken. They don't work. People say, ah, you know, it's okay. They'll fix it. They'll patch it, whatever it is. It's me. But you're incentivizing them. You're incentivizing them to continue to do it. Because what does it matter if a game launches and doesn't even fucking work? People are buying it anyway. The fuck matters? Pretty soon we're going to get games without content. It's not going to matter. Right? Where does it stop? Where does it stop? And it's people like you that are fucking the reason I keeps going. No, I mean, I'm doing it just because uh, I feel like I should I should have some some input. Yeah, in I'm going to I'm going to get the game, too. I'm pirating it and putting it on my fucking Steam Deck. Well, that's the other part of that's this, it. Which we don't have we don't have it written here is that the game actually runs better on PC if you emulate it um, or like on Steam Deck. So it's like it's just ridiculous at this point, like. If the game doesn't run on your fucking hardware, like you have a problem. And I wonder if this has something to do with like another Switch model that was supposed to be out, like a Switch Pro that was canceled. Uh, I don't know. Let me show you my Switch. Yeah. You see what I have? I see us. You see what I have here? Mm-hmm. It's not going to run good on this. Right? No. What am I supposed to do? Isn't it so small compared to a Steam Deck? I pulled mine out today. I have I my mean, Steam Deck right here. Look how small this is. Look at this. And just like thin. Piece of shit, dude. I hate it. Fucking stinky. Impressive that anything runs on this, to be honest. And and you know what? I mean, I, I understand the... um point of view that like yeah the switch is underpowered and believe me brother i'm right there with you it absolutely is it's outdated it's underpowered and it sucks yeah well it's a great you know what i mean it's just yeah yeah I get for, it. for modern standards it's not good but here's the thing this is the same console that breath of the wild is fucking on that we've seen xenoblade chronicles on these fucking incredible detailed highly textured polished incredible open worlds hd games and then you have pokemon scarlet and violet have you played the ps1 and if you and if you're okay with you know 
reserving yourself to that and just being like, whatever, I don't care. That's fine. You don't care about performance? That's fine. You want the game to run at two FPS in certain sections? That's fine. You want it to be glitchy and a buggy mess and have game break? That's fine. You can have all of that, but your preferences suck and you're bad. And you're the reason that we keep getting shit like this. Okay? And if you're one of those people that do it, then you can't complain about it. I don't know about you, but that shit ain't balling. Can't I... complain about it. Because we're going to keep getting it, and you think this is the end? It's just begun. So. Balling. <laughs> By the way, right. any comments I have made have no are not actually my opinion. It was me just saying it about Nintendo and what they would do, because they're a Japanese company and they're very aggressive. So, that's it. I'm here to tell you something right now, Josh. Oh, boy. I'm going to take Bad. John Nintendo's ankles. I'm going to hit him with a soldering iron. I'm going to take him. I'm going to put cement blocks on his feet. I'm going to say, get a hold of your boy, Game Freak. Or he's going to be sleeping with the fishes. That's what I say. Hello, how are you? I am under the water. Please help me. And that's what Gang Freak is going to be saying. Uh, that's awesome. Dude. So, all right. That's it. You have anything else to say about this? Yeah, uh, I'm going to report back. I'm going to play it. I cannot believe you're going to buy this. I'm going to do my part. I cannot believe you're going to buy this. I'll buy it right now on stream. You're part of the problem. Don't buy it. Don't reward them for this i'll buy the double pack if you don't stop right now don't reward them for this i'll buy both of those fucking games you're okay with this they haven't no, even I'm patched not. they haven't even patched it yet i know and that's why i want to play it god i'm excited to see the glitches oh we are we live in a fucking hell see the light it's projecting off we live in a hellscape we really do ladies and gentlemen we got them that's what nintendo just said while they're watching our stream Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. He's buying the game. We got we have a twenty eight nineteen dude, or twenty four nineteen or whatever it is. Yeah, well, about to spend fifty nine ninety nine. I cannot believe you're fucking spending that much money on that garbage. Nah, so if I'm being honest, I have a Visa gift card from work. I won some contest and uh, I got a twenty five dollar Visa gift card. So. It doesn't cover the full cost of the game. No, it doesn't. Is Dude, that it? Do you want us to just sit here and watch you buy this? Dude, they don't let you buy $25. You have to buy 20 And then 5 They don't even have 5 No. Are you fucking kidding me? Fucking tragedy. All right, let's end this podcast. It's not the only thing I want to end. All right, so thank you guys for watching. Listen. As I announced at the top of the show, we have a big, 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 big interview with Josh Rubin, actor, director, and writer of films such as Werewolves Within, Scare Me, and a couple of upcoming projects that I don't have open right now, and I forget what they're called. One of them is called Blood Relatives, and it comes out tomorrow. I know that for a fact. So uh, be on the lookout for that. December 9th is when we do the interview. It'll probably be out the next week. So probably like the 13th. So be on the lookout for that. Uh Next week, next Tuesday, we're going to do a regular episode of Half the Cast, not a Monday episode. It's going to be a Tuesday. And um, I'll report back on my findings with, with Pokemon.
What do you have to say? You're part of the problem. That's it. But it's also your money, so you spend it as you see fit, dude. Alright. Who well, am I to judge? Oh, um, we're, on, we're, we're, we're on Hive. We're on Hive now. We are on Hive right now. Go watch us on there. Follow and my... I, I, I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm gonna keep going. So please follow us on Hive Social. Not Twitter. Because Donald Trump is back. And we don't like Elon Musk anymore. I never liked him. Goodbye. Oh, oh my God. What? We still have the uh, uh, the wolf up. Mm. Well, it's not really a, a surprise anymore. Well, that's it. Spoiled now. It's Fenrir, dude. It's Fenrir? Spoilers, dude. I don't even know how to get rid of this fucking thing. Suck me off. Oh my god. Suck me off. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. <laughs>